But the point is today, I just want to say, wait. Y'all know how hard this is for me? <laughs> it's got words all burning up inside of me that want to come out. But, you know, we just, we just, just, just take a moment and just wait. Thank you, Lord. We want to put everything together, and we want things to move in the right way. If I was to title this message this morning, <laughs> Wait, Watch, and Work, or you could call it While You Wait. Is anybody waiting on something today, something to happen that needs to happen, or there's something that you're waiting for? I mean, think about those kind of things. Waiting on the Lord may be one of the most difficult things as Christians to do. Remember that Jesus told them in Acts, and if you'll turn there to Acts chapter 1, we'll see what started this whole thing. You know, it's, e it's easier said than done. Amen? Amen? So what do you do in the meantime? All of us in the meantime. Many times there are things that are going just fine in our lives, but all of us sometimes have things that are in the meantime. Say meantime. meantime. What do you do while you wait? This sermon is going to help the hearer understand what to do while we wait on Jesus. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded, there's that command again. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to, uh, he, he, he commanded them to depart from Jerusalem, but to... For the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The key today is what I want us to understand is many times it's hard for us to wait. And there is a big problem for Christians that we, we don't want to wait. Why do we have McDonald's? Because we got a drive-through. I'm hungry, but I want to go through the drive-through. I don't have time to go in and sit down. Amen? I don't want to wait. Waiting means that we give God the benefit of the doubt that He knows what He's doing. You know, many times when we get in a hurry, that tells us that we're going to do it and we ain't waiting on God. Come on. Waiting on God is a way of seeing if we will trust Him before we move. Waiting on God is a way of seeing if we will trust Him before we move. Many times we move way faster than God wants to speak to us. You ever had a kid just ask you a bunch of questions? Anybody have a kid just ask you a bunch of questions? It's always asking you questions. Then they get to that one that they ask, and you as an adult know that they don't really need the answer to that one now. Right. That one is taking up my time. Now, you don't really need to answer that one until you're about seven. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Because as parents, we understand that. But kids get to, daddy, what about that? What about this? Why? Why this? Why that? Ask all kinds of questions. Now, waiting reminds me that I am not in charge. Come on, somebody, say I'm not in charge. 
reminds me that I'm not God. Say, I'm not God. <laughs> Waiting on the Lord allows God to do His work. Say, it's God's timing. I'd say most mistakes have been done by a lack of timing. Accidents at home are usually the result of speedily trying to do something without taking the time and wait for the proper moment. Instead of me going to get the bigger ladder to reach that light, I'm going to get on the top of that ladder where the top of that ladder has these words, do not stand. But I ain't got time for that. I'm in a hurry. I got to get this light change. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I can do this. I got this. Amen. We Christians do that. It's all good. God's got me. Bam. I don't know what happened. I was on a ladder and fell. Waiting on God increases my strength. Say, I need strength. I need strength. And so in doing that, many times we have to understand that's where it comes from. So no one likes to wait, but we all wait every day. You wait in traffic. You wait in carpool lines. huh? We're always in a holding pattern. You wait in line to check out at the grocery store. And if you go to Wally World, you will wait in line. Even though they got 32 cashier lines. And I got to wait in three. I'm so impatient. I'm like, can y'all like hire some more people up in here? Because I got to go. I'm in a hurry. But no, we all wait in line. You go to the doctor. You got an appointment at 2. At 2.20, you still waiting. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We're waiting all the time. It's our society is to hurry and wait. Your spouse is shopping. You just wait. I don't like them stores that don't have no couches in them where a man can sit down while the wife's shopping. If they understood my wife, because she don't like to be rushed. My wife, she, when she shops, she's patient, slow, touch everything, smell it, look at it. If they knew my wife would buy more if I was calm and cool and sitting down, because she always thinks I'm rushing her. You know, When, I, when she starts saying, um, how do you like this dress? I said, that's a pretty purple. And she's holding up a green. She knows I'm not with her. You see what I'm saying? But we do. We, we, we hurry for everything. We wait for a baby. We get pregnant. We wait for a baby. Right, Sydney? We wait. Now, this is God's timing. Sydney has, she, she has no control over that. You can't get impatient on a baby coming. That's not your line. You stay on your line. God will stay on his. Amen? For retirement, we all say, I just can't wait till I retire. Lord have mercy. I can't wait. Well, you know what? You're going to have to. You're 42 now and you can retire 65. I got news for you. He ain't coming now. So why you won't keep saying you can't wait, but you're going to wait. I can't wait to Christmas. You're going to. Kids say, I can't wait to my birthday. You're going to. Why do we use those terminology? Waiting is not just something that we have to do. Waiting is a process of becoming <laughs> what God wants us to be. See, waiting is that process that God wants. God is going to get something out of your patient waiting. Because when you're waiting on God, you're saying to God, I trust you, Lord. The fire's hot. Lord, the banks are calling. Lord, the doctor said, I got this. 
But Lord, I trust you. I'm, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait on you, Lord. I'm going to wait. See, there's something in our waiting that we think that if we just hurry up and get it, it'll be better. But I got news for you. Some of the finer things in life is worth the wait. There's a place called Mrs. Wilkes in Savannah. Woo! What some soul food, dear Lord. I went there for the first time. The line was wrapped around the street. I said, did people wait that long to eat at that place? Well, I got in line. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited. Got to know some people in line, talking to people from all over the world. Yep. Next thing I know, in my waiting, and as I was doing my waiting, I wasn't complaining while I was waiting, I got in there, praise God. It was one of them places where they got a table, and you sit whatever who's in line. So if you, if, if you, me and many in line, you go in, and if six people there, you two next, eight people sit together. You get to know people from all over. And boy, they bring the collard greens and set it on the table. They bring the fried chicken, rice greens. Y'all hungry yet? And this place was so awesome. Just the smells remind me of Grandma's house. You know, it's one of those things that after I ate, it worked away. Because I could tell every bit of that food that was cooked wasn't microwaved. Huh? Somebody took a tender loving care and put the right stuff in them collard greens. I know my collard greens. And somebody did use some bacon fat up in there. I know my collard greens. Don't try to give me a canned collard green because it ain't going to work. I'll tell you what color the can was on the inside. But a good fresh collard green is where it is. Waiting, biblical waiting. Say biblical waiting. It's not passive waiting. We're not just passively waiting. We're just not waiting for trouble just to pass us by. Waiting does not mean doing nothing. Come on. Waiting does not mean doing nothing. Nothing. It means doing nothing? No, it does not. It's not a way to evade, hmm, how do I say this, unpleasant stuff. That's just not, that's just not what it is. Those who wait are those who work. Because they know their work is not in vain. See, the farmer, he can wait all summer for his harvest because he's done what? The sowing. But how many know if you're a farmer, you got to water that plant? you got to protect that plant from the weeds that's going to grow up in there? you got to make sure the animals and the deers don't come eat your stuff? You are constantly working. You can't just lay down and wait for the harvest because you might get out there and it's gone. Amen? So that's a process to understand that waiting is not passive. It's doing something while you're waiting. Amen. And many times we get so hung up about getting over there so fast that we miss the opportunity and the God-given wait. There's something about that. Those who wait on God can go about their assigned task, confident that God will provide, say provide, the conclusion for your life. And he'll give you the harvest of your hand. He will give you the harvest of your hand. Now, waiting is a confident, disciplined, expected, it's active, and it's sometimes very painful, clinging to God. It's painful sometimes saying, i got to hang on to this. I don't know when this is coming. But God knows that if you wait with God and you put your faith in him, then you shall reap that reward. 
There was a man in the early years of the Bible, and you know who he was. His name was Abraham. And the Lord said, go have a child. I'll give you a son, and he'll be a ruler, and he'll take it over, and it'll be nations and nations of people, blah, blah, blah. He got to a place where he tried and tried and tried and couldn't get it on his own. So what he decided to do is stop waiting. I'm going to get me a baby. Huh? Many times in our impatientness, we call so much drama, pain, and suffering. Every wreck that I've ever got into, and we won't get into that, but I was speeding. Because I couldn't stop the vehicle in time to, to avoid a collision. Please solve the first question you asked. Uh, how fast were you going? I'm always confronted with having either lie or tell the truth, but I'm wrong. Oh, I knew. Oh, I knew. That I knew. I knew that I knew. Don't really know how fast, but I know what he was asking. <laughs> so when Jesus told the disciples, now go wait in Jerusalem, he was telling them that it was the means of experiencing his peace. He said, now go and wait. His prosperity was there. His power is going to be there. Waiting. You go wait and you go catch the wind of my power and my glory. You go over there and wait. Praise God, I'm going to send you my spirit over there. Amen. Amen. And, and, and if, you, if you'll go over there, you're going to see me move. Remember last week we talked about the angel said, what y'all doing still staring up there where Jesus went? You need to get on the move. You need to get going. He, uh, what y'all standing up looking around for? Get to moving. What did Jesus tell you to do? Go. Yeah. I don't know about you. If I showed up at a church and nobody was there, and I heard from God down there to go to that church and just wait until I show up, then a few more people showed up. The next thing you know, 50 showed up, then 60, then maybe 120, maybe. Day one, I'm hanging out with 120 people, some I don't know. Nothing happens. Day two, you there still hanging out waiting for something to happen. I don't know about you, but if you get real with yourself, about day 10, you might say, I miss God. Maybe I just didn't hear right. I'm up out of here. Way more than 120 were invited, praise God. Hundreds were invited. But only 120 showed up. I don't know about you. I like the way Jesus didn't say, all right, now go over there. I'm going to give you the promise, praise God. The very reason for my existence is to save your soul and set you free and get you on the right track. But you can't do it without my Holy Ghost. So I'm going to give you something. And when you get over there, you're going to get it. You're going to be what you need to be. Mm -hmm. oh, and, oh, it'll be 10 days from now. I'm like, gonna why didn't he tell me how long this was going to be? But when that 10-day came and the Holy Ghost filled that place and they got a touch of the Holy Ghost, they didn't even remind themselves. They didn't even think about 10 days. Oh, yeah. Woo! Just like Mrs. Wilkes, that fried chicken was so good. What line? Did I wait in line? <laughs> huh? And that's just the way we are. But many times in this room, we want something so bad, we got to have it right now. Sometimes we'll start a project. Well, I ain't going to finish. I'm going to finish it tonight. I'm going to get it done. I ain't got time to wait. <laughs> Waiting means that we give God the benefit of the doubt that he knows what he's doing. Waiting on God means that seeing him even and knowing that we trust him. Amen? 
Trust is a patient trust. Say patient trust. Whether it has to do with our relationships, our finances, our careers, come on, our dreams, our churches. We've seen growth. We've seen a lot more people than this. We've seen others. And sometimes as a pastor, you want more people. You want growth. You want things to happen. But I learned over the years, praise God, it ain't how many that makes the church. It's how many are doing something. How many are living for God. I'd rather have 50 loving God than 200 that's driving me crazy. Because I'll promise you this, if they drive the pastor crazy, they're driving God crazy too. The difference is, my crazy, I can't handle it. He's got, he just laughs it off. i got to deal with it. Waiting on God reminds us that God is in control. Say God's in control. Sometimes people ask, but what do you do while you're waiting? Good question. During, during those waiting times, um, I thought about it, it was like this. A watchman. Anybody heard in the biblical terms that there were watchmen? Watchmen on the walls. Amen. So the watchmen, they wait. David the psalmist says, I wait for you, Lord, with all my soul, declared David the psalmist. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. David said, I I wait on God more than the... mm." I like that. More than the watchmen for the morning. More than the watchman before the morning. I'll never forget my uncle telling me he was in Vietnam and he was at Point Man. And Point Man went out ahead to scout things out. And he had to sit out in the dark all night. And one of the things he was hoping for, number one, there wouldn't be no confrontation. Number two, that sunlight would come. But you know, in his waiting, he couldn't do anything about God's work, which is bringing that sun up. But he had to be patient. He could have sat there and complained and moaned and groaned, but you know what? It ain't going to get you nowhere. Watchmen watched the city and guarded the city. But yet, I guarantee you, anybody ever worked third shift? (laughs) Well, I tell you what, boy, it's good when that morning comes, praise God. But it's funny how we can't get in a hurry with that. A watchman is always alert. He's always ready. He's patient because, number one, his duty is to watch anything coming that may attack the city or whatever the case may be. However, on the other hand, the part he can't control is what's out there coming to him and that son he so desires to come up. Because in dark, and you know that you've got people and things under your control, under your watch. Anybody say that's under your watch? It's a a nerve-wracking thing. But praise God, when the sun comes up, you know you did your part and God did his part. And that's the key to it. Waiting reminds me that I am not in charge. I'm the patient. Say I'm a patient. Sometimes you just got to look at yourself as a patient when you're dealing with God. You're the patient. He's the doctor. Okay? Bible says Jesus is a physician, right? Okay, so we got to look at it that way. Amen? <laughs> In the waiting room, the real issue of life is this. I am not just waiting around. I am waiting on God or I'm waiting on the doctor. Therefore, I can trust his wisdom and his timing. Obviously, it ain't my time to go yet. Even though I had an appointment at 2, it's 2.20. I'm getting a little impatient. Something's happening back there. The doctor's dealing with something back there. But they know I'm here because I'm on the list. 
But, but, but we got to put the trust in the doctor that when we get there, okay, and we're going to get there, amen? We need his wisdom and his timing. <laughs> I heard it like this. You might better want to write this down. It's said like this, that a person who waits on God loses no time. A person who waits on God loses no time. You ever heard the old saying, preparation time is never wasted time? Well, waiting time with God is no lost time. I got news for you. He'd rather for us to get it right once than to have to do it five times and get it wrong. But I can wait with confidence because I'm waiting for someone. I'm waiting for God. Say, I'm waiting for God. Waiting, waiting also reminds us that I'm not God. You're not God. As a man, I want to fix things. I want to fix my problems. I want to fix my relationships. I want to fix those conflicts. I want to fix my career. I want to fix the church. I want to fix, 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 fix. See, fixing is a controlling situation. People always want to try to fix it themselves. From the time I have to be reminded that I am not God, and you are probably glad. My job is to be a watchman. I need to have the watchman's attitude. You need to have the watchman's attitude. A confident, alert, an expectation that God will do whatever he says he will do. Waiting on the Lord also allows God to do his work. Not only do I want to do God's work, come on, but also I want to speed up my process. I understand that the, the Father of the modern missionary movement. If you've ever read the book, William Carey waited seven years before his, before his first convert in India. Seven years in the mission field before he got his first convert. Also, Judson was in Burma. He, too, had to wait nine years before the first salvation. I don't know about you, but I'm probably going to say about three years in this, this ain't working, this ain't my call. But, you know, in other countries, they don't always trust foreigners. That's right. You know, it might not take you more than a year or two to find out what your agenda is. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes building relationships is not just going to happen just like that. Yeah. In dating today, you know, we can go to eHarmony, praise God. We can meet online. The next thing, we'll meet at a restaurant. You're going to smell good. She's going to smell good. Next thing you know, for some reason, we got a relationship started. When, in fact, it takes a lot of time to listen, to hear, to see each other. I'd rather have a friend than a lover any day. Because lovers come and go, but friends last forever. And it takes time to make a friend. And I'll say this, even friends will let you down, but if you stick with a friend, they'll stick with you. A true friend won't leave you. <laughs> Uh, I want to speed up the growth of this church, <laughs> but I've learned I don't. Jesus said, I'll build the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I listen to some of my pastor friends up in Texas that have large churches, and they're driving them crazy. I hear about the stories of youth groups and kids in cars during youth time making out in the car, smoking pot behind the building. When you've got a large group of people, it just means you've got a large more number that you've got to deal with. You've got good sheep, you've got bad sheep, you've got... But in fact, it's not all about that. It's about individual relationship. If you ask somebody today, how many friends do you have? I don't know what you would say. But in everything that's ever fell together so perfectly in my life has been because of the timing of God. Not my timing. 
in the Old Testament, the book of Habakkuk, the prophet was asking similar questions. He was using the watchtower deal. Hear the dialogue between the prophet and God and Habakkuk. I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the lookout tower. I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I should reply about my complaint. The Lord answered me, write down the vision, clearly inscribe it on tablets so one may easily read it. For the vision is yet at appointed time. Can someone say appointed time? It testifies about the end, and it will not lie. Say the end. Though it delays, wait for it. I like that. It's already guaranteed there's going to be a delay. Everything that has delays doesn't mean it's not God. But we want to say, that's of the devil. Yeah, Lord, that's of the devil. We want to blame everything on the devil. Devil actually gets mad, says, God, why do you always blame stuff on me? You know, the Bible says the devil accuses us daily to God. I bet he also says, hey, that blame that on me. God, do you know good one? That wasn't me. That was them. They didn't. Mm. I got two laughs out of that. That was supposed to be funny. <laughs> Though it delays, wait for it, since it will certainly come and not be late. When you're dealing with God, you may think it's a long time. When you're dealing with God, you may think this is never going to happen. When you're dealing with God and you wait on Him and trust Him, I've got news for you. It ain't going to be late. It's going to be right on time. There is nothing better than a right on time word from God. There's nothing better than a right on time glass of water. There ain't nothing better than a right on time hug from your wife or your spouse. And there's appointed times. But we have to understand. Sometimes you just got to wait. And you know what? This scripture is so powerful. It will certainly come and not be late. See, God is working. Say, God is working. The Bible says that God will work it out no matter what. The Bible says God said to honor all those in authority. The, see, we're all talking about how evil all politics are and our president's this, our president's that. We're the only country in the world who talks so much trash about our presidents or our congressmen, our senator. You know, we get a whole lot more done if we pray for them. Well, I'd love to see that we're having a vote in Congress today. And one of the congressmen screamed out and yelled and said, I got saved. I can't vote on that bill. And tell them why. <laughs> I will stand guard post is what it says. During those times, God is working. So God is working. God is working. We said it's not passive, so we need to understand something. We wait patiently on the Lord is what the Bible tells us to do. We know that deep down... He is working. And underneath, hidden deep in our character, in due time, God will reveal everything He has grown in us. Those who wait will never be put to shame, the Bible says. 
We will never, ever be disappointed. Now, I'm not saying wait on your agenda. I'm saying those that wait on the Lord will never be put to shame. Amen? See, there's a difference. Sometimes we're waiting on the Lord and we're waiting on something that ain't even God's will for your life and you're still calling that thing blessed and God is calling it a curse and you wonder why it ain't coming in your... You are believing for something to hit. That's a whole nother sermon. Waiting on God increases my strength. Woo, how many need some strength up in here? You know, sometimes you get tired, you get weary, you need some strength. Sometimes I struggle to remember that it's just good to wait on the Lord. It's just good. And it isn't easy. We done said that. It isn't easy. Okay? It's not a quick fix. It is a quick fix society. Everything's quick. We want it fixed quick. We even got super glue by God. I always said that good glue, it just takes a long time for it to settle and set and cook for a couple days to bond. Now we got super glue, praise God. Saved me a whole lot of emergency room stuff because now if I cut my hand, need three stitches, I just super glue that thing. And that thing works so good, I, you can't even see the scar where I cut my hand. <laughs> In times of waiting, my soul is revived, my spirit renewed. Isaiah wrote it this way, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength and they will soar like eagles and they will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not faint. The time will come when those who wait on the Lord will soar. You and I, the church, we need to catch a gust of wind. When the Pentecost Sunday's coming, we need to ride on the wind. (laughs) That's what happened when they did what God told them to do and waited. God is so good. God is the great mover. God is the great mover. I was thinking about something that happened one day. There's three types of of birds, and I don't know what I did with it. Dad is. I just don't know what order I got in here. Well, let me, let me just set that over there. When I don't have numbers on my paper, that's not good. Here it is. I don't know how you call this, this bird specialist, but they have three methods of flight. And the key to it is that the flapping is keeping their wings in a constant motion. I don't know about you. I like watching birds. I like to watch them land. I like to watch them fight. I like, I like all that stuff. Like a hummingbird, anybody know a hummingbird? It stays in gravity, and it, its wings flutter so fast that it stays in motion. It can actually stick its beak and eat something without gravity taking it down. And it does that in such a way. The second one is called a gliding one. It's the birds that builds up enough speed, then coasts down and all around, much more graceful than flapping. But unfortunately, this method causes them, once they run out of speed, gravity says, bye-bye. But the Bible calls something powerful. It's called an eagle. The eagle is the representation of America based on God. But the eagle's different. The third one is what we call soaring. 
Only a few birds, such eagles, eagles do have this, and they're capable of soaring. Eagles' wings are so strong that they are capable of catching the rising currents of warm air called thermal winds that go straight up from the earth. The thermal winds that go straight up are without, and they move the feathers, causing it to soar in great heights. The eagles have been clocked up to 80 miles an hour without even flapping at all. They just soar on invisible columns made by God. See, we were made to soar. It's okay to flap, but many times we're flapping so hard we end up flopping. But the eagle has something. He understands that that warm thermal air, he understands how he was made. He understands the earth. He understands these things and was built like a jetliner. And he can fly and soar like never before. The other one is this. It's a Chinese bamboo. If you know anything about bamboo, I got some growing in my backyard from my neighbor. He's got bamboo, and them bad boys are this high already. They're a fast-growing bamboo. But the Chinese bamboo is an incredible thing. It will grow at amazingly feats of 90 feet in the air. But when you first grow it, it will stay about an inch and a half high for a long term of five years. It'll be only that high. However, after five years the plant will grow to 90 feet. My question to you, church, in 90 days. It will grow 90 feet in 90 days. Now, my question to you, church, is which one grew the fastest, the five years underground or the 90 days above ground? You know what, on the outside, we look at that bamboo and say, I don't know why it's not growing. But in the process of God and the waiting, that thing was growing roots deep down underground. It knew because it was made to wait and wait and wait. It was made to go deep down in the earth because it has to support a 90 feet of bamboo. So waiting is that thing that tells us it's okay to wait in the name of the Lord. Wait on God, church, because I got news for you. It will pay off. It will not falter. It will work. Yeah. Little old lady was driving down the road and her car broke down. She got out of her car. She opened the hood. She was just looking, trying to figure out what was wrong with it. Man, behind her was just laying on that horn. She was still trying to fix the car. She goes to the back of the car. She said, sir, I don't understand what's wrong with my car. But if you don't mind, could you get out and help me find the problem? And while you over there, I'll just keep honking your horn for you while you up there. <laughs> An oak or a mushroom? You ever thought about that? Do you want to be an oak or you want to be a mushroom? It's been said that when God wants to grow mushrooms, he can do it overnight. 
But when he wants to grow a mighty oak tree, it takes weeks and years and years and years. What do you want to be? You want to be a mushroom or you want to be an oak? A mushroom will go, grow overnight and be gone and wilted by the afternoon. But an oak tree is that beautiful specimen. If you think it's beautiful on the outside, you ought to see the bottom of that thing. That thing has gone deep and out. The, 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 whatever the length of the limbs are, the roots are just as far out. Just as far out. <laughs> God told a man one time in his dream. He had a dream. This is what the man said. He had a dream. And uh, he told him to go outside and push against a rock. So every morning he got up. For weeks, the man went outside. He strained against the rock. He pushed the rock. He moaned. He groaned. He prodded. He stuck a shovel under it. He shoved it. But the rock never budged. Finally, at a fit of desperation, the man just fell on his knees, lifted up his eyes at heaven. Is that me? Is that me? Okay. <clears throat> he said, Lord, he cried, wiping the sweat from his brow. You told me to push that rock, Lord, and I've been pushing for weeks, yet it has not moved. A voice thundered from heaven, rumbled the clouds, and a little whisper came in the man's ear and says, I told you to push the stone. God said, I didn't tell you to move it. I'm the only one that can move it. And when you're ready, I will. By the way, look at your hand. The man looked at his hands and he says, look, you've got calluses, tough, worked arms, bulged muscles. Everything is done. You are really working out. You look good. See, the, the question is, even though his efforts seemed fruitless, he had grown strong and now he was beginning to grow wise. I would much rather have the wisdom of God than the strength of God because if you ask Samson, he'll tell you, give me wisdom because my strength got me in trouble. Stand to your feet this morning.